0: You're listening to Upstream, a production of the open source and standards team at Red Hat. For more podcasts and updates, visit communityredhat.com or follow us on Twitter at Red Hat Open. Hi, this is Joe Brockmeyer, your host for the first episode of Upstream. Recently, I was fortunate enough to attend the 12th annual Southern California Linux Expo in Los Angeles. While there, I had a chance to talk to Leslie Hawthorne, who provided the Sunday keynote for SCALE. We are back from SCALE, and this time around, I have the privilege of speaking with Leslie Hawthorne. She has worn many hats over the year and done many interesting and fun things. Probably some boring things, too, but we won't focus on those. What are you doing these days? What hat are you wearing? Let's talk a little bit about your talk at SCALE and and other fun and exciting things.
1: Great. Thanks, Joe. Currently, I am employed as the community manager for Elasticsearch Incorporated. I am based in our EU headquarters in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, although our U.S. headquarters is in Los Altos, California. My focus is on helping to grow the Elasticsearch community through a wide variety of activities, including blogging, community outreach and events like SCALE, and also through community meetups worldwide. And I am really incredibly excited about the tremendous growth that I've seen in just the past six months since joining the company. Every time I open up my Twitter feed, some new group has started up. I think the last one I saw was Philadelphia has just created their own Elasticsearch user group. We just spun up one in Portland. We're in the process of spinning one up in Seattle, in Denver, or just having our second meetup. So there's a lot of growth and activity and people are really excited about the products, which is super cool.
0: So for the three people who are not familiar with Elasticsearch, can you give me like the, you know, 10-second, like, what does it do and why is it cool?
1: Totally. So Elasticsearch Incorporated produces three different open source products. So that's Elasticsearch, which is distributed, restful, full-text search and analytics. doesn't have to be just for full-text search. Logstash, which is for centralized logging. And Kibana, which is for data visualization. So a quick and dirty example of one of the many use cases for our product line is... Let's say you're an e-commerce shop and you need to figure out when you want to put your red socks on sale for maximum profit. So you get your log data into Logstash, your Apache log data, your syslog data, it's great. It's all centralized. It's in one place. That's wonderful. It's scrubbed. It's regularized. You're good to go. Then you start asking questions of it through Elasticsearch like when do people buy red things? When do they buy sock things? When do they buy red sock things? And you get an answer. It looks like the best possible time to do this is on Fridays at 3pm, which is great. But you get that information back as a JSON document. And JSON, while much more human-readable, is not really human-readable. So using Kibana, you're able to view the results of those queries in a variety of charts. You got pie charts, bar charts, histograms, all of that wonderful good stuff. And altogether, this is called the Elasticsearch Elk Stack, which is why we were giving away cute little stuffed elk that were on our table in a stack, because I thought that was very clever on Saturday morning before no coffee.
0: Obviously, because this is what you're doing, that's what you were talking about here at SCALE, right?
1: No, actually, I was giving a completely community-oriented talk at SCALE this year. The title of the presentation was Why Checking Your Privilege is Good for You, and the focus of the talk was talking about questions of inclusivity, diversity, and privilege in the technical community, and the reason I wanted to give this presentation was because I feel like a lot of our discussions around these topics are very, contentious is is probably a, a nice word to use, but I think more often than not there are folks who either don't have a way to plug into the discussion because they feel like it doesn't apply to them, or they feel like every time they participate in the discussion that they are told that they are wrong or that they are an awful person because they do enjoy innate privilege. And what I wanted us to do was take an opportunity to talk about the fact that innate privilege is not something that makes you a bad person or is not something that defines you as what sort of person you are. It's what you do with that privilege that defines you as an individual and I want us to to move past the idea of shaming or assuming malice on the part of our colleagues who are in positions of privilege, myself very much included, and instead start talking about ways in which they can be more helpful to people around them by being self-aware of that privilege and why it's good for them to be self-aware about
0: that privilege. I think a lot of people, when you confront them with the idea of privilege, they kind of maybe draw back a little bit. When you're telling someone you have privilege, I would say most people who are walking around who have not spent any considerable amount of time thinking about the topic don't feel privileged. People feel like they work for what they've gotten. They feel like they... I like John Scalzi's article a couple years ago now or a couple months. It's hard to tell on the Internet just how long ago it was, but about lowest difficulty setting, which is sort of a less, let's say, confrontational way to, to tell somebody, hey, you are in a position where you probably don't think about this, but you're going through life at a lower difficulty setting than somebody else, which to me is a more friendly way of saying you have privilege. What do you think of that?
1: I think it is a more friendly way of saying you have privilege. And I actually think that one of the reasons why this topic is incredibly difficult is for folks who are not members of a group that gets stuff that we don't get because of who they are, which is the long way to say privilege. I include myself in this because as a woman I am underrepresented in open source and in the technology field right I want to be friendly about my discussions with these because about these topics because I really care about my friends and I want us to be able to have mutual understanding but at the same time I can understand a lack of patience and frustration with having to play through the game on the highest difficulty setting oh and by the way in addition to that it's now your job to be nice to me while you explain the lowest difficulty setting that I have to me. And sure. I like to think that I am a lot more patient about this topic because, one, I have a lot more privilege than many other women who are in the technology field.
0: Sure.
1: And also, I, I just I want us to all get along. I am also very cognizant of and respectful of the fact that if you are that person playing at the highest difficulty setting, expecting you to then go and do even more work to help me understand why it is that my difficulty settings are lower. It's not a very reasonable ask.
0: Right? Okay. How do you feel the talk went over? What uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about the some of the other points that you hit during the talk and maybe questions you got afterwards?
1: I thought the talk went really really well. I'm thrilled. I was a little bit nervous because these are these are contentious topics and they're they're difficult things to talk about and they're difficult because when, we're, when we start asking questions about privilege or difficulty setting, no one wants to hear that they're doing it wrong. And not only do people not want to hear that they're doing it wrong, but they really don't want to hear that they're doing it wrong because of not being aware of the situation or due to ignorance. Especially when we're talking about a community of incredibly intelligent people. Because we like to think that we're super smart and that we know all the things. And we're still human beings and we do not know all the things. I was a little bit nervous that, that some people would feel that I was a, a, attacking men or attacking white men, and I was also a little nervous that people f- would feel that I was telling them that they should explain to people on the lowest difficulty setting, you know, why it is that they were on the lowest difficulty setting when they're on the highest difficulty setting and have other things to do. Didn't get any of that. That's great. I had great audience participation. There were a couple of folks in the audience who were really good about s- stepping up and giving definitions for terms that are really unfamiliar To a lot of people like intersectionality or gaslighting or you understand in that general vein and also just encouraging folks to realize that the same level of respect and gentleness that we want to show newcomers to our open source projects is that same level of gentleness and respect we need to show folks coming into dialogues around feminism or racial formation theory because these are foreign concepts to them because this is not the world in which they operate because the defaults are set for them and they are playing on the lowest difficulty setting.
0: I'm going to ask you for a little advice. (laughs) So I'm going to start with advice to those of us on a low difficulty setting. So let's say you get criticized whether it's friendly or not. Do you have like sort of advice how you can respond to that and come out of it better at the end and doing the right thing? Like how do you respond and, and how do you deal with the fact that you may not be a horrible person. I am, but I'm horrible for different reasons. You keep that well-hidden, I, I try. You may not be a horrible person, but you may have, in fact, stuck your foot in it. Yeah. So thoughts on how do you deal with that?
1: Part of it depends upon the way in which someone reacts to you when you have stuck your foot in it. Because as human beings, this is never going to be a situation in which we do not find ourselves. We are going to screw up all the time. If someone says something to you along the lines of, I know you did not intend to say something that was horribly sexist just then, but you did... And here is actually why it was horribly sexist. A great thing to do at that time would be to say, thank you. And if you understand how to not do it again, great. And if you do not understand what you did wrong, thank you. I'm not actually clear on how I could have done this better. Can you give me a suggestion for how to do this better? Because I don't want to cause harm to you. I don't want to make you feel like you're not included. I don't want you to feel like I don't value you. And I also touched on this in the presentation. I think that sometimes folks will will they'll be angry or they will be frustrated or they will be upset when they encounter your sticking your foot in it. And this I think goes back to again that concept of the lowest difficulty setting and higher difficulty settings, right? As human beings, we only have so much willpower per day that we apply to each and everything that we encounter. We only have so many cycles per day. And it may very well be that You're having this dialogue with someone who has just lost all of their cycles for being patient, especially if they're playing on the highest difficulty setting. Right.
0: And they've given up smoking, they passed on that extra donut for breakfast, and they haven't had coffee, and they've just taken an international flight.
1: Yes, all of the above and then some. And by the way, please, nobody talk to me before I've had coffee because I want to continue having you think that I'm a loving human. So in that case, my advice to to folks is because you, you don't want to minimize this person's experience because it it is frustrating. I talked a bit this morning about how we talk about the reaction particularly of women as being angry as though that automatically invalidates the entire argument when at the same time we talk about wanting to work with passionate programmers and that we should all do what we love. And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that we would expect people to have passion and love and yet never other emotions like anger or frustration. If you're in a situation where you feel like anger or frustration is being directed toward you, I think it is perfectly appropriate to say, I understand that what we're talking about is extremely important, but right now I feel like you're angry about the topic and you're directing it at me. And I don't want you to be angry with me. I want to learn how to do this better. I understand if this this makes you angry, This this idea makes you angry, but I need you to help me understand how to do this better, and I would prefer it if you were not angry towards me. And if the person says, but I am angry at you, that's okay. Then you can say, that's great. If you feel better later, let's talk about it some more. If not, it's your right to be angry. Then go ask somebody else. You can ask me. It's totally fine.
0: <laughs> the other advice for the people who find themselves confronted with people doing things intentionally or unintentionally sticking their foot in it, advice on handling those things for the best outcome.
1: Absolutely. So my, my favorite phrase in the world is, I know you did not intend this, but always assume good intentions. And, and this is actually a, a very powerful tool even when someone is being a bad actor. Because you're approaching them and you are assuming good intentions. And sometimes people will, will uh, say things or do things just for the sake of stirring the pot, as it were. And you're coming to them in a, in a spirit of gentleness, pointing out to them that perhaps maybe they had not intended to do something that was clearly poor behavior but now that they're aware that this was poor behavior they perhaps would not make the same choice again and that's the way i like to to think about it right i know you did not intend to say something that may have been hurtful or that made me feel like you didn't value me as a as a collaborator and here's how it could have gone better from my perspective and i hope that you'll think about this and see if you want to make a different choice next time And I think it's really important to talk about choices because the way we treat other people is very much a choice. And we don't get a get-out-of-jail-free card, as it were, because of saying, well, you know, that's just who I am or whatever. No, we all make choices about how we act, and we make choices about whether or not we want to be aware of other people's experiences when we're making those choices. The key goal is to be more self-aware.
0: I've been paying attention to this topic for several years now, partly because I, I want to be nice to people, partly because it's just been such a, an issue in the open source world. You really can't ignore it, even if you wanted to. But I'm going to assume that everybody listening wants to do better and, and doesn't want to ignore it. And if you do want to ignore it, I, I think that's a terrible attitude. But
1: We could just agree not to spend any time together.
0: There There is that. <laughs> but for the people who want to be aware, I think there are big, broad things that people do that make people angry or uncomfortable that are obvious and that are should be re- big red warning flags but then there are more subtle things that just keep coming like for example i have followed some people on twitter who are talking about people with disabilities and who are making people aware of things that they say and do that may make those folks feel uncomfortable and while we're all kind of familiar with say terms about race or gender you may not be as familiar with other populations So do you have recommendations for resources that people can tap into to become more aware of a broader spectrum of things?
1: I absolutely do. There's a resources section in the slides for my talk and the scale organizers are gonna be publishing those slides so folks can go ahead and check those out on the scale website and just scroll to the end for the resources section. One piece of advice that I wanna give to folks that was from my talk was one of the ways that we uh, widen our ability to be self-aware is by spending more time with people who are not like us. Now, obviously, you're not going to walk up to someone and say, hey, you're not like me. Want to be my friend? Because that's not going to go well.
0: I used to do that. And yeah, people get scared and run away.
1: So did they drop all the charges?
0: I've been advised not to talk about that.
1: Excellent. Wonderful. We'll pretend we never had this conversation. A better way to go about this, I found, and this is one of the things that I think is actually very powerful about social media, is social media gives me the opportunity to hear from people who are passionate about the same things that I am, but who are not like me without it being obtrusive. So there are several folks that I follow on Twitter who, at Chief Elk, at Civil War Boar, at, I can't remember all their usernames now. But so, for example, this one lady, I, I don't know her. I, she was just mentioned in a Twitter conversation that I had seen, and she has physical disabilities. Of, she's not very specific about them, and frankly, that's not none of my business. But I've learned so much from watching her experience of being someone who clearly lives with chronic pain, clearly has certain physical ailments and she talks about many of the things which I passionately care about but she talks about them in such a different way because of the lens of her perspective and I have learned so much just from looking at things through I don't want to say through her eyes but the the opportunity to to understand what these things are that are impacting her life that I would simply have never thought about. And I think that that's that's a very valuable thing to do. And I have a list of random Twitter handles for people you can follow who will tell you things about stuff you care about who are not like you. Yay, resources section.
0: Any other thoughts or comments before we wrap this one up?
1: Yeah, I would also like to say something that I think is fairly important. And I think that this gets touched on a lot, but I just want to reiterate it. And that is there are a lot of folks in our community who really want to do the right thing and they're too afraid of making a mistake. And it's, I think about it like the first time you sent a patch to a mailing list and how terrified you were that everyone was going to tell you that your code sucked. And that's a great deal of fear. And yet this is something that is so, like the stakes are so much higher, right? It's not that someone's going to think that your code sucks and they're going to tell you to go back and fix it. This is someone's going to call you a racist, a misogynist. No one wants to be on the internet as the big jerk. Like, no, it's not interesting. I would love to see there be more space created, even though it is frustrating that the people on the lowest difficulty setting need extra attention, but I don't want to be right. I want to win. For there to be a safe space for people to learn and make those mistakes, because I think that, that having a general sense that you have to be afraid of what you're going to say or do or you're going to get in trouble is not a way to create dialogue. It's a way to create siloing and a lack of understanding.
0: Totally agree, and I really appreciate that you're taking the time to do these talks. I hope other folks are going to invite you. I've been hearing good hallway conversations about your talk. Yay. For those who can't see the video, because there is none, oh. Leslie just did a happy dance there. It's always good when people like your talk. It's much better than the other thing. Yes, um,
1: you're like, perhaps maybe I will not be invited back, and I'm probably glad about that, actually. Yay!
0: Not even as an attendee. Don't even, don't even like come back as that. Thank you very much. We'll look forward to your next talks.
1: Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: You've been listening to Upstream, a production of the Open Source and Standards team at Red Hat. Music for this podcast is The Big House by Jason Shaw, available under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. For more podcasts and updates on work with the larger open source community, visit communityredhat.com or follow us on Twitter at Red Hat Open.